0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com we're
2: back here on sports talk on the big 870 Mike Detey along with Charlie Long on our Oakwood Heart Jewelers talk and text line from si.com Ross Dellinger Ross thanks so much for joining me this afternoon how you doing bud I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, rule changes in college football are proposed rules changes. Charlie and I were talking about this. You know, the first three uh, prohibiting consecutive timeouts to sort of ice the kicker. Okay, I get it. Uh, no untimed down at the end of the first and third quarter. Okay. Um, yeah, that That's, uh, to me, no big deal. Clock runs after first downs except inside of two minutes and a half. Now, I think that one would – if they wanted to shorten the game, that one would do it. But that last one, clocks run on incompletions once ball is spotted. You're going to get a lot of no's on that, Ross. Uh, man, and these offensive coaches, because that's part of the strategy today.
1: It is. It would It would change. Uh, we talked to coaches about it. It would really change their strategy. And that's probably why you won't see it pass through uh, is because of the pushback uh, with uh, from coaches, but also because, you know, they're doing all of this shortening games for a lot of reasons, but, but one it's to um, limit the head exposures and risk of injury of, of players. And if you do that, if you change that rule where the clock continues to run after incompletion, when the ball is spotted, then you think you'd have coaches react to that rule and try to make up the plays that they've lost by, Going in, even faster and more up tempo than they already do, and, and that would negate the whole purpose of uh, of the <laughs> the change.
0: Ross, I really enjoyed your article because you went into depth about the length of average length of the past five years, and then compared it to the average length of an NFL game, which the average length of an NFL game is 3 hours 10 minutes according to your article and then this past year for college football 3 hours 21 minutes but the reason for that as you went into detail about is the amount of plays and you were just talking about limiting head injuries and collisions and stuff like that 25 more plays average in college football than the NFL is is kind of mind-boggling so is that why they're really looking into these potential rule changes the other thing
2: Ross is those commercials
0: man it seemed like an
2: eternity uh, in college football, in comparison to the NFL, and I don't know one thing. I do know college football. They know how to pass the collection plate. They don't know about taking money out, but they know about passing it.
1: Well, I can, I can, uh, yeah. I address both of those things. Well, first of all, I think there there's kind of three reasons why they're looking at uh, shortening games, and, and one of them is you know the the health and safety. You know, 25 more plays on average. Uh, but but I think there's another reason, and that is just the fan experience in, in the attendance. Uh, you know, about one in every four NFL games goes over three and a half hours. And that's long to sit through. It's long to watch on TV. Uh, or a college football game goes over three and a half hours, and, and one of every four, basically. And I think so for fan experience. And then I think the third reason – is probably just pace of play while they while they have some of these proposals. There's a lot of interruptions in, in college game, probably more than the NFL, especially reviews, which is why uh, maybe eventually we might see college take up a uh, co- coaches challenge type of review system on replays. Um, I don't know if that happens this year, but it might happen at some point. So those are kind of the three ways: pace of play, its head, health, and safety. And it's just kind of the fan experience. Now there's a fourth one that they don't talk about, which is sitting college games in that TV window, which yep. the normal TV window is around three and a half hours. So if you have one of every four or five games in college going over the three and a half hour mark, that's that's a problem. Now your 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 point, Mike, about commercials, um about TV commercials, they are long, they seem to to drag a game longer. Uh, I was surprised to hear, uh, and, I, and I need really more data on this, because it's actually really hard to believe that a non-televised FBS game last year finished only two hours shorter, two hours earlier than a televised FBS game. Uh, that, that's kind of head-scratching, but we have to all remember all these FBS games do have media breaks, and, um, so even the ones not televised do, does have media breaks. You go to D2 and D3, Mike, and you'll actually get games without those media breaks that last about two hours and 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I caught a couple of them to watch a specific player. One of my watch was two hours, and eight, I actually wrote it down, two hours and 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, man, this, this was really pretty well, but the commercials were limited, and it was real short and maybe it was my imagination, almost like the halftime was short, to be honest with you. They were back on the field real quick with this. So um, I just think the first three proposals, Ross, I think have a pretty good chance to pass. But that final one about the incomplete pass, ain't no way in the world. Uh, there's no way this uh, college world, which is built on the passing game, that coaches would not get into the ear of their athletic directors, president, whatever, and say, you know what? <laughs> you taking that strategy away from us. That's not going to work.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think you'll see that, uh, you know, the, the first two proposals will probably go through, they're pretty much non-controversial is what they consider them, and they probably won't impact the game. You, you'll have yeah. a, a handful of plays every weekend of a college uh, football weekend that, that might, uh, be, you know, be reduced uh, three or four plays a weekend if you do those proposals. But the first down ones, they estimate, if you stop the clock after a first down, or excuse me, if you keep running the clock after a first down, would, would reduce a game by seven to nine plays. Uh, and that would be, you know, anywhere from four to six minutes uh, taken off a game. And if you do that, uh, then, then you know you bring more of those college games under the three and a half hour mark, which is the goal. You 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 do the the proposal, the fourth proposal, where you continue to run the clock after the incompletion. Not only does it change strategy and things like that, maybe it takes a little bit of fun, uh, you know, out of the game. You reduce the game maybe too much. You you that could that could reduce the game upwards of twelve fifteen plays a game.
2: Yeah, Ross, I think in that, you're killing the goose that's laid the golden egg for you, to be honest. Uh, that That's a strategic move, and I don't think that's going to pass. Ross, this is uh, – and I know you, you, you covered LSU for a long time. SEC still do. But this is the first time we can talk about this, that Alabama and Georgia both have inexperienced quarterbacks entering the 2023 season. And what type of impact it'll have on both teams. Uh, Both teams seem to be pretty loaded again. But the big question mark is at quarterback. Now Todd Munkin leaving to go to the Baltimore Ravens. Opens it up now. Bobo's there back at Georgia again. And then we saw the change certainly at University of Alabama with their offensive coordinator. And a lot of reports that Nick wants to go – back to much more of a power running game. Uh, Not that he's not going to still have the spread, but I think he he likes that part of physical football and running the ball a lot. It's the biggest question, Mark. I know we've had a group of us do this for a couple of magazines about what do you think about Georgia and Alabama with the uncertainty at quarterback this early? Because we haven't seen the spring yet, but it's been a while since we've had this where both of them into the season with guys that haven't really played a lot of football at the collegiate level.
1: Yeah, and, and you know this day in college uh, football and football in general quarterback is, is such an important position and experience at the quarterback position is so important and that's why I think a lot of people thought that Alabama and Georgia would go out and get a transfer quarterback yeah. to come in and We didn't really, you know, we didn't see that happen. Now, it still could happen, I guess. Uh, You know, you have the spring transfer portal window. It'll open in, I believe, uh, sometime mid-April and then goes uh, through the early portion of May. There's like 15 days where it will open. So, still a possibility, but you're right. There are big question marks there uh, at both programs. Had a lot of turnover on the staff of both programs, specifically offensive, you know. Alabama Nick Saban hires Tommy Reese from Notre Dame to come in. Uh, Tommy is obviously, you know, will will be competing now every year against his, his former boss and, and Brian Kelly down there at LSU. Um and, and he he does. He likes to uh you know, he likes to run the football. He'll he'll use he'll use tight ends, but any offensive coordinator that takes over Alabama, and this is what I've been told in the past by a lot of them, is you run what they've run there. You know, you can add your wrinkles here and there, but you're running kind of their system. It's a conglomeration of the last several coordinators there, and it, it doesn't really wholesale change. Uh, and if it does, it changes incrementally, incrementally like we saw Lane Kiffin come in and, and slowly change Alabama's offense to the spread. Uh, but there, I don't expect any huge changes. in and, and at Georgia – Kind of the same thing. I, I just I wouldn't expect some overhaul of the offense, um, you know. And and uh, but obviously those two teams have loads of talent. Um, I think they've probably got what the last uh, outside of A and M's one year uh, in 2021, they've signed the the last you know five top rated classes. So um they're they're loaded with talent but there will be experience at the quarterback position and that makes you a little vulnerable
0: ross one of the biggest stories in the last few months with college football was the announcement of the playoff expanding to 12 teams back in december you know just going from we have one more season with that 14 playoff before 2024 comes around and we'll have the 12 team playoff i just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that expansion just jumping from four all the way to 12.
1: Well, it you know, it's it's going to impact a lot um, outside and off the field. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, when you open up uh, the field so much, uh, you know, always use this when people ask me why, you know, why would – because there's a lot of folks in the South and in the SEC footprint that really didn't want uh, the – the um, and in the SEC that work at SEC schools that didn't want expansion. Um Because their teams are doing just fine in in the the way the model is now. But you look at uh, a normal NCAA sport and the the postseason championship for a normal NCAA sport uh, normally incorporates somewhere between 10 and 20% of that sport's participating teams. And in college football, we had 3% participating in the postseason championship. Uh, and that's just, uh, that's not great, you know, and, and you need to open up the field to more teams. And so it'll give more teams an opportunity, including those teams at the the group of five level, uh, you know, the, the highest rated group of five champion will get in. So at least one G5 team will get in. I think it'll make it a lot more fun. Uh, and I think it's probably long overdue. And now, you know, you're up there with about 10% of, of FBS teams uh, getting a getting a chance, uh, you know, in, in the postseason, and that's more in line with other NCAA sports. So I, I think it's it's great. You know, I'm excited for it. Um, obviously, it's a lot more money for college football and uh, college sports in general. It's probably going to generate three times the the amount that um, the playoff earns now, which is around six hundred million. So close to two billion dollars are projected is the projection to uh, be generated by this uh, playoff.
2: Ross, I was talking to a college uh, head coach this weekend, and he told me, he said, man, Florida State, LSU, for sure that, that Florida State will face the toughest opponent they'll play in the regular season when they go up against LSU. And you can make a strong argument that Florida State may be the toughest opponent LSU will play all season long in the regular season and how these teams going to collide week one in college football in Orlando.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an exciting matchup. I, I went to the game uh, last, last year to kick off things in in the Superdome. I'm sure it's a game LSU fans would like to forget, uh, but uh, managed to turn things around, obviously, uh, you know, this is just like that game. Um, this game this season opener here will be really important for Mike Norvell at Florida state. You know, he's, he's kind of built that program step-by-step. Step. They've incrementally got a lot better. Last year was their best year. I think it's year three for him or four. And and so they've gotten taken strides and to, to sweep LSU and back-to-back years would be huge for him and his job stability. Uh, so that's, it it's exciting. To think about that one, I think they both had the same quarterbacks coming back. Correct. Both of those quarterbacks, I think, combine. I mean, they both feel like they're 30 years old. You know, they've been in college forever. So uh, it will. That that'll be one where I would imagine both teams will start the season in the, the top 10, and it'll be a big collision. Uh, the thing I'm wondering, Mike, is this doesn't seem like a fair trade. The the Florida State fans <laughs> yeah. got to come to New Orleans, and the LSU fans have to go to Orlando. Come on,
2: man. Uh, Ross, hey, you Hey, you just said it, right? It's all about money, right? There you go. Hey, that's, it, right. it, that, that's what make the world go around, so to speak. Ross, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, man. We really appreciate it. Always great insights, and uh, good luck to you, buddy.
0: All right, see you all. Thank all you, Ross.
2: Ross Dellinger from SI.com. We're going to take a break. Also, we have having some technical difficulties here at the station. You may hear that we go off the air maybe for about a minute. We'll come back and hopefully get everything set right after this break here on the Big 870.